0: Alex Breitenbach. I'm Sean Cabrera and this is the Big Red Hockey Cast, the official podcast of Cornell Big Red Hockey produced by the Big Red Sports Network. As always, thanks for listening and check out the Big Red Sports Network at Cornell B R S N on Instagram to never miss out on any Big Red action. Now with Cornell's postseason endeavors over, you know, this intro will be Short and sweet, as we have no weekly recap, unfortunately. However, if you recall last week, Alex Green of the Syracuse Crunch mentioned how he was going to face another Cornell alum. Well, it just happens to be that we got into contact with that alum. Well, that's right, folks. We are talking about none other than the Cleveland Monsters' very own Tristan Mullen. So without further ado, let's jump right in.
1: All
2: right, welcome back to this special edition of the sin bin here on the big red hockey cast yes, today we have a very very special alumni guest and it is none other than the tristan mullen mully thank you so much for coming on we've been waiting for this for a long time how's it going man
3: Ah, oh, it's going great uh just enjoying the season here in cleveland uh, wrapping it down um uh, we've got another month left in regular season and yeah just getting through getting through things but excited to be on the uh, show li- yeah. i've actually listened to it a couple times
2: Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. And I just want to, you know, full disclosure, I'm a diehard Cleveland fan. My mother is from Cleveland, so. Oh,
3: cool. Hey, cool. I
2: have to be you know, showing up to those Monsters games and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, so anyways, uh, we heard that you got to face off against uh, former Big Red teammate Alex Green and the Syracuse yep. Crunch. And, you know, besides it being a tough loss, uh, which we can just skip over, uh, <laughs> did you guys meet up or exchange any friendly chirps before the game?
3: Uh, we did, actually. Um We've been pretty good about uh, getting dinner with each other the night before games uh, this year, so seen them lots. Um, oh, that's nice. Actually, uh, Nate McDonald, uh, Pete Muzika, Sebastian Durbin, and uh, Max drove up and watched game. Um,
1: oh,
2: that's awesome.
3: Riley Riley Nash actually got traded the day before from uh, Arizona to Tampa Bay. So that's he- right. I was
2: about to say wow. that. Yeah. How, how's, it, how's it? been like to you know to get to know Riley Nash? Because that's Man, that's way back. That's like 9 '10, I think.
3: Yeah, he uh, he's a really nice guy. He came on a Zoom call with our team my senior year. Nice. Uh, talked us a bit about pro pro hockey and that. Um, and I saw him after the game there. He came over and said hi to the boys. Oh. We were talking after the game, so uh, met him now. He's a really nice guy. Good player. He definitely helped us oh. out a lot.
2: Awesome! What an amazing experience. A big, uh, huge, big red reunion there. And yeah, I guess. You know, in spending the last two years at the Cleveland Monsters, you know, you've certainly stepped into an enforcer role recently. And you've never been one to shy away from a good scrap. You know, this season alone, you have 39 penalty minutes. And, you know, my question is, did you just kind of assume the role or did you always have intentions of, you know, kind of being the enforcer?
3: Uh, I don't know if I assumed the role. We have, uh, we have Brett Glantz on our team. I don't oh, yeah. know who that is, but, yeah, you could Google him. He's, he's mm-hmm. pretty tough. Um, I just think it's just part of my game. I think if you play a physical game, sometimes you'll have to, you know, stand up for yourself or answer the bell. Um, of course. A lot of the times, I just like to protect teammates. Um, something happens out there, you know. It is one way to kind of separate yourself from the pack. Just having that, yeah. you know, in your game can help. You know, keep keep that roster roll. Yeah. I think that's yeah. It is a big thing.
2: No, no, no. Totally get it. And and I, I had to ask this: Have you ever? I don't know if it was you and Jeff Mallott shitposting each other, but uh, did you ever fight Jeff Mallott in the AHL as a joke? Or was that like um,
3: – No, I've, I I've completely... actually – I've never played JML. I've never oh, – played... you, the only guy that. from Cornell i played is uh, McCray. I guess we played last oh, year. Oh, McCray, okay. Um, I got in a scrum with McRae. I didn't know it was him. Oh, me nice. Me. Uh, uh, yeah, I shut the pocket in there's like a whistle and someone cross-checked me you know, I just like popped up and like went to give him a cross-check and I realized it was him. And I was like, Oh, Oh <laughs> yeah. Was, I think it was McCray.
2: Nice. Nice. Well, that's <laughs> awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. and, and, you know, uh, after spending three years with Schaefer, was it difficult adapting to a new coaching style in Mike Eves or not?
3: Uh, we had honestly, we haven't had a uh, Eber much this year. He's had some health issues. So we've, uh, Trent Vogel. Heber has been our head coach. This oh, okay. year, mostly. Um, yeah. But yeah, it definitely it definitely is different style of pro. Um, just like the amount of games that you play, like it's tough, tough to be so nitpicky on some mistakes, right? Because you play seventy two times, like even like a lot of the systems are just a bit different. Like you can't block many shots with the visor, or, um, yeah. just like minor stuff like that. It's just the practices, different schedule. So yeah, there's definitely a lot more a lot of differences between the two. But you know, I think Shave's coaching definitely prepared me for pro hockey and all the the small minor details that go a long way in the game.
1: Yeah,
2: that's fair. And I and I guess what has been the biggest difference between professional and college hockey, in your opinion? You know, now having gone through it for,
3: a I years. think, uh, pro hockey's entirely kind of on you, and how you prepare for the game and how you do away from what you do away from the rink. There, there really aren't many rules as far as like you can do what you want, but it's going to either help your paycheck or hurt your paycheck or where you're playing the next year. Right. So it's, yeah. The coaches might not say something after game. There's, they're not going to be showing you like that video. Maybe a lot of the stuff is it's on you to succeed and it's, you know, you got to know what you got to take care of to, you know, succeed at that level. So I think Shea for them did a great job of preparing us for pro and understanding what it takes to succeed. But when you get to that level, it's kind of, it's your job and it's either. Take it yeah. serious or you don't. You definitely and, and,
2: and so, in other words, you're saying you essentially lose the safety net. Like, you know, college hockey, they're kind of just, you know, helping you out, and, you know, with every step. You're saying here it's kind of more on you. You know, you're doing more of that video. Yeah. Saying, when you – I get like better. Yeah.
3: yeah. Once you leave the rink, it's really your spare time. And what you want yeah. to do with that spare time is up to you. But when you show up at the rink, it's your job. And the expectations are obviously yeah.
0: high. So – Now, Tristan, actually talking about professional hockey, after two seasons with the Monsters, you've racked up 19 points, including nine goals and 10 assists. Now, how has playing professionally helped you grow as a player?
3: Uh, That's a good question, actually. I haven't really thought about that one too much. Um, I think confidence wise, I think it's kind of the same as every level where you kind of get to that new level and you got to find a role or find a way to stick or what's going to separate you from the pack. So, uh, for me, I think kind of going back to it, actually, shape probably did a pretty good job of helping me kind of identify that role. Cause at Cornell, I was on the checking line and kind of physical player and he was brutally honest with me and his approach. I mean, he, kinda, he told me, like, I'd never be a skilled guy probably in pro hockey and that's fine. You can make a living. You look at guys, you can make a living being a checker. It's, it's not the end of the world, but, um, Yeah, I think kind of moving into pro was just, like, that realization that you see so many skilled guys in college and you see all these point-of-game guys in college who get to the AHL and they maybe not have that success. And being able to, like, play a 200-foot game or play a physical game and play those roles that maybe other guys won't. It's not always the most talented guy you see kind of having success. I mean, there's only one puck out there, right? You can't have 20 goal scorers on your team. you got to have a niche and... Yeah, I thought Schaefer did a really good job of preparing me for that role. I think if you look at guys like Miles, same way, really helped prepare him for the professional hockey.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like a, that kind of experience showed you that you have what it takes to basically cut the mustard in in such sort of scenarios and standards, I suppose.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, there's so many good players out there, really. like It is it is crazy when you get in there. They, they could call up a guy from the coast or send a guy down. There's There's always someone to take your spot, so. Um, just being able to separate, separate yourself from the pack, whether that's being a good teammate, maybe, fight, maybe fighting, like you talked about um, just
0: doing whatever it takes to kind of stay. I got you about that. And now going back to your big red days, you are one of a few who can claim this title, but you scored your first collegiate goal at the world's most famous yeah. arena in the big apple MSG Madison square garden, against the boston university terriers now walk us through what that felt like to you
3: uh honestly just like stress off i remember it was maybe six or eight games in and i hadn't scored at a point yet i was like kind of feeling like you know squeezing the stick a little bit and i got an opportunity and just kind of blacked out there like it just all said i was in i was like oh my god like kind of forgot about the venue and that once you got the game started forget about that but actually i think we're on kind of a bit of a streak at MSG. I know the year before Baldi scored his first goal there, and I think Moth scored his first goal the next year. And I think someone did it this year,
0: too, right? I believe so. Yeah. I'm, trying remember. I'm trying to recall who it was this season who actually repeated uh, that feat, too. I think it was Kovic. I think was going to say, I think it was, was Kovic. Yeah, because yeah, they,
2: they had an interview with him on, like the, big, on the jumbotron, like after the uh, intermission when he scored. It was, it was pretty
1: cool.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I guess we're on a bit of a streak with that, but it's nice. All right. I remember Shave had a quote about it, and he said something in the room like, can't wait. you can't wait to get home for the summer and tell all your boys in Matt Toby you scored your goal at MSG. So, <laughs> it is a cool little
0: uh, little story. And again, I guess it's just a little more trivia knowledge for those listening. Uh, well, wherever you are for the most part. Now, during your sophomore year, you were a critical, one could even say pivotal player on a team that made an amazing run to the ECAC championship. I think we could all remember that yeah. now, including three goals in three consecutive games, by the way, what was so amazing about that team and playoff hockey? Um, honestly, it's disappointing that we never got a
3: full roster for that tournament. because we were without um, Gally, Hayski and j for, for the tournament. And I think that could have definitely seemed like we ran out of gas for the tournament. Um, you know, unfortunately we didn't have a full squad for that one, but, uh, we had a good D core. Um, remember that we had Nazi McCray, Smitty on for seniors on D and then Galley was a brick wall on that. So, um, thought we were really good defensively and kind of built the way out. We had, uh, Morgan kind of came over shell sophomore year and had a great year. So, um, yeah, I thought our, our leadership and kind of, we were built defensively and yeah, we were able to lock it down and yeah. Kind of classic Cornell hockey for that.
0: Yeah, it seems like that's been a common answer so far. You haven't strayed far away from what we've at, what we've asked, really, the staff, let alone other players concurrent to your year. So it seems like that's been a common theme so far. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things of like the upperclassmen do such a
3: good job of bringing you in. I remember just I remember it was like a preseason skate and jam outside. Like guys were blocking shots, and I was like freshman. I was kind of like. I don't know why it's like three months before we're just like playing three on three and guys are all blocking shots. It's like, this is kind of weird. Like, and GMO was like, no, like this is kind of like you have to block shots now. Like, and it's just like everyone buys into it and everyone plays the system. I think that's kind of one of Cornell's big like recipes for success is just that everyone buys in and everyone's in their spots. And like when there is a chance to block shots, guys do it because like, you don't want to let the guy down beside you. You know, they would.
0: Now, as we discussed that, you know, that you were an R.A. physical player, but you were also a key part of our shutdown line of Mullen, Betts and Bald who played against every opponent's top line. It was premium stuff. Quote me on that. Now, what was so special about the chemistry of that line?
3: Uh, I think we're kind of lucky in the fact that me and Betsy had played two years together before college, so that helped a lot. Like, and Betsy's still good defensively, like you know how he is on draws, great skater, yeah. uh, vocal in the D zone, and the Baldy was also a great skater and so strong. If you saw Baldy off the ice, oh my god, he was ripped. Um, so I think we kind of just fed off each other. We had some speed, and um, honestly, when you play against other team's top lines all the time, like. They they don't want to play in the D zone. They want to to be in the O zone all game. And um, There's kind of some shortcomings maybe with some of the oppositions to match up with uh, in that respect. So I I actually really enjoy that role and kind of getting to play against the other team's top line.
0: And again, it only proved the quality areas I mentioned. Premium stuff. I think that's going to be the new thing I'm going to say. (laughs) Love it. Now let's rewind even further, even beyond your Cornell days. In fact, as I always say, let's take it back to the Genesis, the beginning, the origin yeah. story. Growing up in Cartwright, Manitoba, did you always want to play hockey?
3: Ah uh, yeah, 100 I, uh, percent. I had two older brothers, so I just kind of from the time I was like one or two, I just had a stick in my hand, and just loved it. My little old bro- older brothers are four or five years older. Um, so it was kind of right in that wheelhouse where I was just pretty much born at the rank, always around it and. Yeah, small town. Um, Like you said, 300 people. So there's not much else to do, right? If you're not in sports, what do you do? So I grew up at the rink pretty much.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, So you were a a rink rat from an early age and you kind of beat me to it because I I understand your brother um, and your family had some avid hockey players as well. But, you know, there was definitely some sibling rivalry I can imagine.
3: Yeah, there's been some there's some holes in the walls, Vera. Ah, <laughs> the old house from some mini stick days for sure. It's a couple fights, but uh, nice. Yeah, there was there's some sibling rivalries for sure in the basement.
2: Interesting, and, and and I'm sure your 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 parents were supportive of the sibling rivalry. You get it, getting to take you guys to practice.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think nice. I think they found it pretty funny. There there's some there's some heated uh, heated moments. I I uh, my oldest brother would take it pretty easy on me. My young or my middle brother. He never really gave me much slack. He was Ooh,
2: it, interesting. <laughs> that, yeah. that's certainly interesting. You don't usually see that from the middle child. But, yeah, yeah, I had my
3: older brother. My, he had my back though. So. Oh, nice.
2: Okay. No, no, that's cool. Did did he it, it, did he kind of serve as an inspiration to kind of want to play hockey at all?
3: Yeah, hundred percent. That... Like, especially they're just at that age range where they're four years older. So everything that they were going through, like I like when my brother left junior, I was just starting junior then when my brother left college, yeah. I was just starting college. So it was actually kind of perfect. Like, I always had that guy to bounce back stuff with. And, uh, yeah, like, always yeah. had that, that, those people to look up to.
2: Yeah. And uh, you kind of mentioned junior there, and you kind of beat me to it. Because uh, I was going to ask, you know, junior hockey is perhaps one of the most impactful and important times of any player's career. Um, and I guess what was your favorite part about your junior's experience, you know, playing with uh, the Paul River Kings? And what what made that special?
3: Um, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, going I went to school with four of those guys, so that was like the coolest part, especially my last year, like knowing that I'd have four more years with them. That's such a rare, a rare thing, to have Don, like Donnie, Karen, and Detsy there, that was oh, that was cool. And then Benny committed the year after, so pretty wild. Like I always tell people that, I'm, like, not many times you see that many guys from one team go in together, especially in one class. So. And I think that, like, I guess I'm kind of <laughs> moving topics, but, like, that kind of made our freshman class so much closer right away because half of us came from the same team. We kinda, yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think, yeah, Paul River was um, – coaching staff was great. And then, obviously, the location its right in the ocean. Um, yeah. We had to take a ferry to every road game. It was kind of – just coming from the prairies, it was such a different experience. It was something that, you know yeah. – yeah, like, something I uh, never imagined for my junior career coming from Manitoba. Yeah. So, it was – such a change of pace it was really cool
2: yeah seems like uh the Paul River King uh, Kings definitely seem to be big producers of you know what will become future big red talent over the years you know we've, we we yeah. have even had a uh what was it I, I I remember this distinctly from my freshman year that I'm having trivia questions about this but yeah. how many players have come from the Paul River Kings and stuff that's crazy
3: yeah yeah it was I actually talked to one I was uh I forget what his name was this summer. I'd have to look it up. I talked to another Paul River guy that went to Cornell actually out of the blue. So that was a that oh was nice a cool one. Yeah, we had a lot nice. of common. Oh, that's cool. I think it might have been with a phonathon or something. I had to call him. Nice. And I'm chat chatting about Paul River for half an hour. Oh, nice.
2: And and, and I guess was the fact that you, you know, would go to school with so many of your Paul River Kings um teammates with like like you said, Donnie and, and that's obviously um yeah. but was that, what made you want to call Cornell your home? Is that, was that a deciding factor or?
3: Uh, Betsy was a big factor in it actually. to uh, Yeah, I wasn't really highly recruited at all. I, uh, I took an unofficial visit to Bemidji and then I toured RIT. I was actually like, a, I was pretty much going to commit to RIT and then Topher. Uh, I was going on my visit and Topher said uh, before I went on my visit, he talked to me after the game. And I was flying out like the next morning. Topher's like, just don't commit on your visit. Like, well, we're gonna offer you here the better option. There's an agriculture school here, um, which growing up on a family yeah. farm, kind of out of the blue, I never would have thought it would be Cornell, but uh, it worked out perfectly. I ended up taking agriculture as my major, and yeah, couldn't have asked for a better fit.
2: Well, that's awesome. That's true, and and, and I, I guess I'll follow it up with you. Like, what what sold you on the the the, the cows? Anything specific, or just you know you like you um you know growing up in a farming
3: area you know definitely the farming thing and then Betsy kind of Betsy was on me about it the ag school and that so um I mean it's it's tough to turn down it an I believe yeah. school and the the program I didn't know what my expectations were to be honest coming in for hockey like I didn't feel like I said I kind of wasn't highly recruited I wasn't sure how things were going to go um but yeah like just to know that maybe if hockey didn't work out to have that major and that degree to fall back on was, you know, really, it's, it's kind of a win-win situation.
2: Yeah. I got to say about like a hundred percent, everybody we've interviewed has said like, you know, even though the hockey is so amazing here, there's something to be said about, you know, that combination of having good academics as well as good hockey. Right. That that, that being such an amazing, uh, one of their deciding factors in coming to Cornell. And uh, I also uh, wanted to talk about the the fateful 2019-2020 season, you know, we all remember that last game against Clarkson your junior year, which would be your senior night, if I could quote that. Yeah, I guess you so. Know, I guess. What, what went through your mind when when you realized the season had been canceled? You know, like what would – I can't even imagine what that feeling was like.
3: Uh, I mean, it was honestly, I think it was probably like everyone else. I didn't really believe it was going to happen. Like I was – like guys were saying, oh, I think our year's going to get canceled. I was like no way like and then kind of like you saw the dominoes fall and then i i just remember i went i skipped class or whatever because so i was kind of hearing it and i went to the rank and i saw like jml maybe yanni and they were like talking to the assistant coach and they were um, obviously not not doing so well and i was like that's kind of I clue in. i was like all right it's, it's over and then, yeah um, at that time it's just like i like everything we we're like uh i guess two weeks it sucks that the season's over obviously but we're thinking like two weeks and we're back maybe even wrapping up the spring semester at Cornell or like, you know, we're obviously not thinking it's going to carry into the next year. And yeah, it just yeah. drove on. But, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, I guess a great way to end the Cornell career, um, getting that win on that senior night. Uh, but, yeah, it was definitely not how we imagined it. Oh, certainly. I mean,
2: we all remember it like it was the last uh, semblance of normalcy. Yeah,
3: you know, definitely. Yeah. Even I got to a couple games this year, and it was just a little bit, a little bit different of a feel with COVID for sure.
0: Actually, similarly enough, what was it like serving as the Big Reds captain during a year where, when there was virtually no competition, uh, how did you actually adjust to that role, and how much did you interact with the freshmen?
3: Uh, Actually, a lot. Yeah, we were all on campus, so. we were, you know, still trying to do team events and still trying to follow procedures, follow the rules. So, um, honestly, for that, probably probably the shortest serving Cornell captain out there. But uh, um, just trying to organize things with our class and kind of—I mean, it was tough. Uh, I thought a big part of it was we were all stressed out about things, and um, I was—we were trying to keep a sense of normalcy with how we'd done it in the past, but obviously the rules and stuff. we did a good job I think of integrating the freshmen for when they were on campus, um, doing some skates off campus and small groups and, you know, the workouts and taking them aside, trying to try our best to get to know them. But obviously yeah, it was a frustrating year on all that. Um, yeah, I mean it was, it was definitely a grind for for that part, but, um, yeah, we tried it. We tried our best, but.
0: And, Speaking about freshman integration, and you also touched upon this earlier when I asked about that, you know, that shutdown line between you, Betts, and Bold. But who was your mentor throughout your time with the Big Ren? Uh,
3: coming in, like, every year, uh, the upperclassmen will have one freshman that they, like, take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming in, I had JML. Uh, he took good care of me that summer. Uh, definitely prepared me for college Uh, but once I got on campus I'd probably think Alex Roder was probably my uh, mentor I kind of followed him around do whatever he said so I I just clicked with him right away he's kind of a goofy guy I I thought everything he said was hilarious so
0: and I mean that just goes to show that it goes beyond a a team it seems almost more like a brotherhood from what it sounds like yeah for sure I I I
3: mean I for sure like I think coming in like learning from that whole senior class my freshman year was, um, amazing. Like Dwyer, Dwyer, Fiegel, um, Rout- I'm going to miss a Router Yates, Stew. Uh, Stu. Uh, I know like one of my like eye-opening s- scenarios was, I think I, w- I was playing and it was either Fiegel or Dwyer. And it was scratched. Mm-hmm. They were seniors and they were drafted and they were like, obviously like on the back of their minds, they're probably thinking about next year and the contract and stuff. And they were still so good at like, coming over and, like, wishing you good luck and, like, being genuinely happy that you're in the lineup. I think, like, being able to, like, check your ego and seeing how those – the seniors that you, like, look up to are checking their ego when, obviously, they had way more at stake than you right now as a freshman. I think right. that was kind of an intro to Cornell Hockey. Those guys were such good leaders. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you I, just I, wanted to win for those guys.
2: I was going to ask that. Do you still keep in touch with uh, with Alex Reuter at all? I know he, play,
3: he plays <laughs> yeah, in I, Indy. Uh, yeah, I do. In he's, uh, he's in – Denmark or Norway? I might have one. Of oh,
2: he's, oh, he's in Denmark now. Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. He's back Absolutely. in like about a month, but I uh, I keep in touch Absolutely. with him pretty regular.
2: Oh, it's good to hear. Yeah. Good to hear. Especially, you know, since uh, like, you know, the, the the older figures, the mentor figures. It's that.
3: Yeah. I don't know if I've seen him in per- I've seen him in person, to think, last time. I feel like it hasn't been too long, but uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, I always keep in touch with him.
0: Oh, awesome. Now this year we saw the feature of several of these, if I can say, because I don't want to spoil yet the question when I give it to you. But actually, now I'm going to spoil it because I might as well deliver it. <laughs> did you consider coming back for a fifth year? I did. Yeah, um, my
3: school scenario was so weird. Um, so I had originally, originally we weren't sure how it was going to work out um, mm. with the year. Sorry, I just got drinking water.
0: That's no, all good. You take your time with that.
3: Um, going into my senior year, I had 20 credits left to graduate, and 17 of them were electives. Mm. Um, and I was enrolled in my mandatory like core class that fall. Um, so with shape, we were kind of trying to plan. If the season got canceled. I was like probably going to turn pro. Um, every, like that December, like after the grad, I just go wherever and do remote and graduate. Um, but then the AHL wasn't playing uh, when our year was canceled. So there was nowhere to go. So that kind of fell through. But essentially what my school situation was that even if I dropped those credits, um, that, and I took a leave of absence, like Cody and them, that mm-hmm. next, that next uh, fall, I would have graduated. So I had no, I couldn't have played a full year. Mm. So, um, and then by the time, by the time they changed the rules, I'd already transferred. So it was like, too little too late obviously i mean i wanted to finish what we had at cornell living with my best friends and all that like i wanted wanted a normal senior year and i wanted to kind of finish what we started but obviously that wasn't in the cards it was disappointing but
0: yeah that's that sometimes it's just how the cookie crumbles i don't think anyone unless unless you specifically study outbreaks and epidemics i don't think and pandemics let alone that i don't think anyone could have predicted such a let's say, scenario happening.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, the staff was great about it. Like, uh, Shafe helped me, like, transfer and try and figure stuff out. He was really helpful trying to find a place to play. And trying. he was he pulled every – Amy Foster, I got to give her a shout-out, too. She was um, a saint with the schooling, helped me out a ton. Just, like, we were trying, like, every possibility. Maybe I'd pick up another major or pick up another minor. We were trying to, yeah. trying to figure things out, but nothing was able to work.
0: Yeah, I got you on that. Well, like – I guess, like, I kind of already said, C'est la vie, you know, that's just sometimes just how it is.
3: Yeah. I mean, like, I, it kind of backfired in that I was, you want to plan your senior year right, so that, like, you have that yeah. spring that you don't have many classes and you, when the year's done, you can do whatever. So, like, you're trying to be prepared, but then at the same time, it kind of ends up fighting in the ass, you know?
0: Yeah. I got yeah. you on that.
3: Yeah. No, 100%. I was happy that it worked out for, like, Cody and them. They were welcome back for sure.
2: No, yeah, that's good. I I also didn't know that they took uh, leaves of absence because I I wanted to ask Locke that because it it had said that he had said something about pursuing something in business school this year and I was I was actually really curious about that you know how that works because I see, and, and this is probably one of the only years where we'll see it but there's a lot of kids that took that extra year and did like you know grad they're listed as grad students or something and yeah uh, you want to know how that works and stuff
3: yeah I mean I like. For the other schools a lot of those schools have those grad schools which is where i feel like the transfer portals kind of, yeah. kind of like yeah. some schools don't have a grad program so there's going to be issues yeah. with that i feel like but
2: yeah uh, not 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 ratting anybody out but that's about 75 percent of the quinnipiac bobcats right now <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I, I, you know that's all i'm saying but
3: uh yeah yeah i mean uh to teach their own on that one i don't think I think when you go to college, you want to pick a spot that you're going to be for four years. And like, you want to go to school with your best friends for four years. I don't think you want to transfer out after, you know what I mean? Like you, you kind of want a staff that picks you and develops you. And that like you want to play for a school, you know? So yeah. I don't think, I think transferring kind of, I get it sometimes that maybe there's situations where it's not working for the team or the player. And there are those situations, but it's like, I think when you make a commitment you should, stick to it in a way
2: that's true that's true yep and and we swept them still in spite of uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. them having you know a bunch of 25 year old kids like we swept
3: them <laughs> this year yeah that was good i watched that game actually that was a good one
0: alex already taking shots in the sin but we usually do that in the slap shot round but man, you just have to pull the trigger there alex <laughs> now also uh prior to signing with the cleveland monsters you, like we what we've been talking about, you entered the portal and you played a few games for University of Vermont, UVM, yeah. racking up four goals and one assist. So what made you decide, OK, it's time to take this to the next level?
3: Um, I was kind of I, like I said, I just after that year, I felt like I was I was ready to move on. I was 24. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to kind of get my life going. I had my degree, um, had the opportunity to, and I thought, you know, like it was time to start trying to work the way up the ladder with pro. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't – I felt like I was ready, and that was, uh, you know, mentally and physically kind of felt felt ready to take that step, and I think I was right in that, that, uh, you know, it's kind of uh, – you can stay in school for as long as you want, but at some point you got to kind of move on, you know?
0: Yeah. You're right. Yeah, go out venture in the world apply what you learned although speaking as a psychology major i don't think i'll be applying the velocity of a falling watermelon from 90 feet in the air per True calculus that. but oh, maybe <laughs> no. yeah i don't think you're doing that anytime soon yeah. now we also you also did mention how you watched how we swept quinnipiac so mm-hmm. Going back to that, what was it like to see your classmates come back to serve as captains during their fifth years? And how closely did you follow the season? Were you able to like make it back for any games at Lina, for instance? I did. Yeah,
3: I, uh, I broke my ankle in November, so mm-hmm. uh, I came back and watched. I watched them play Yale at home. Um, I was there for that game, so I came back for a couple days then. That was right after the injury. Um, and then I watched the second game too. Me and Greener came down from, we were playing Syracuse. Uh, and they, we were there the night before and we went to Cornell. I think, who'd we watch them play? I'm trying to think on that one. Um, I watched a couple you games. So watch I watched the, Yeah, I forget who it was. I watched them play Nodak. Um, okay. That was obviously on my laptop. So I was happy mm-hmm. about that one for sure.
0: Was it Brown by any chance?
3: uh no I I'd have to think that I'd have to go back and look at the schedule I think sure. of it. I remember they won I think
2: yeah that was that, yeah that was early
3: was, I know I watched them play Yale they won like 3 nothing yeah yeah, yeah oh.
2: Yale yeah I remember that game that was a good game yeah um, that was the that was the first weekend I started doing the telephone chants I remember that distinctly because <laughs> I was like I kind of picked it up mid year yeah everybody else kind of
3: I heard they're doing the wave now at Cornell, I heard. Uh, uh, uh,
2: well, yes. Uh, yes and no. I mean, there are mixed opinions on it. Some people don't like oh, it. Yeah. I don't think it's bad. I mean, but, like, you know, I feel like the the faithful are not very receptive to change when it comes to their own <laughs> traditions. Yeah. I, and, I, I mean, I hate to, you know, kind of rat, rat on them like that, but, you know, that's kind of – Sometimes they're like, oh, you know, maybe it'll catch on. Maybe with a bunch of new guys, you know, next season it'll catch on.
3: Yeah, that's what I. That's what I got. I saw Twitter was Twitter was a hit or miss on it.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: I'm a fan of the energy, though. Any energy, yeah. Bring us. Well,
2: well, and I guess speaking of the energy, I wanted to bring this up. You know, what what do you miss most about Cornell hockey?
3: Um, I think the the fans and uh, how close we are as a team. I think. When you move on to pro, yeah. it's, it is guys' jobs. And then when you throw away, like, a lot of guys on our team have kids and they're married and that sort of thing. And, like, they have life. outside of work, right? It's not the same as going to college. You know, you yeah. go eat with the guys after. Then you go back and play video games with them or whatever. And you're just, like, you're always with the guys, right? Like, it's more I miss that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guys.
2: I, I guess I'll follow that up with I remember you mentioned saying, like, you know, I'll be in a, a, you know, it's it's all right to play college hockey when you're 24 but you know it's it's kind of old like you know now going to that and seeing playing with guys who have kids do you feel like the young guy
3: uh, a little bit for sure yeah yeah it's definitely yeah. different to yeah. steven like a couple times where there's like they bring their kids to the and practice with this after. it's fun for sure but it's definitely definitely different than what you'd see in college um but yeah I, I definitely i think miss the energy of college and how everything was game seven i think in pro when you play 72 games kind of Sometimes it can just be going through the motions or whatever to the rink. I think when every game is so big in college, that's, that's probably my favorite part, is how every game is yeah. kind of life or death.
2: Yeah, that's kind of the way it seems. I remember talking to Barron about that as well, because mm-hmm. he had a very interesting take on it saying, oh, you know, it's, it's one thing to play, you know, an eight to ten week season. And, yep. you know, every game, everything's on the line versus – going to an 82 game season or like a 76 game season and you're playing multiple times a week and you know sometimes it's not like you you learn to oh you have a bad night you just forget about it but there are no like you never forget about anything in college hockey like that
3: yeah even like when we played when we're talking about playing at greener last week like that was our we were on a road trip that was our fourth game in six days or something there's just you know, with seventy some games, there's going to be games where you don't have your legs, or you don't, you just don't have it, right? Like you're on a road yeah. trip, and yeah, <clears throat> finding a way to like still be consistent and find a way to like be in the right spots, or you know, there's going to be games where you maybe don't have the legs, and it's got to be more of a thinking game or managing the puck. So yeah, th- there's definitely a difference in
0: that. Hundred percent. And as a bit of a closer, what do you miss most about? Cornell University, I guess, excluding hockey, just ex- in the extra hockey world, what exactly about Cornell just stood out to you? Um, I think the campus was beautiful. Uh, for the
3: guys on the team, I I miss the I missed in the backyard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you so guys have been there. Um, yeah, I love, I love that spot. I think that might be my favorite spot from Cornell. But uh, yeah, I think. Um campus was yeah, I like yeah, I have no complaints about Cornell. Uh, I love that spot, but uh, I think Lino, Lino would have been my favorite spot for sure. The fans just yeah, something yeah. something about that rank.
0: Yeah, Lino is a favorite spot. I don't think it should come as a surprise tool to a lot of people in that regard. <laughs> yeah.
3: <not laughs> yeah so. I'll yeah, I th- I'll give the I'll give the shout-out to the uh, juniors that live there. Yeah.
0: And with that. Actually, thank you so much for joining us on the send bin, Mr. Mullen. But, 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 you listeners already know what's up next. It is the slapshot round right after this. All right. Welcome to the Slapshot Round, where we ask hard-hitting, fun questions and have you answer them as quick as you can. Of course, tradition. We mentioned that earlier. We like it around here. And so we always have to ask the first one. Are you good to go, Tristan? Absolutely. All right. I like it. it. Now, with you currently playing in Cleveland, we're having a bit of a behind-the-scenes civil war in the Big Red Hockey cast, let's put, quote-unquote, locker room. Yeah. And this is the dilemma. Do you believe Ohio to be part of the Midwest? Yes. There we go. Right answer. Right dude, there. Right there's answer. There's no
2: debate on that. I, I, again, I, I don't know why we keep asking this question, man. I, I, as somebody who has relatives in Ohio, like, you know, I, I take offense to that. But, like, hey, <laughs> you know, we are the Midwest, dude. It's what can I like, with Ohio? Pennsylvania? Right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, Pennsylvania is not Midwest, but Ohio is Midwest. No, no, yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly. I I like this. Yeah, no,
2: exactly. Don't no, no want to know this Pennsylvania stuff.
3: But like,
2: oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I I have to ask this. So, a while back, um, the men's hockey Instagram posted a picture of you because somebody requested Mully content, and the result <laughs> was a picture of you wearing goalie gear. Oh, what, yeah. it was the what. What's the context behind that? And like, you know, were you any good?
3: Uh, I don't know if I was any good, but uh, every year we do like a skills comp for, uh can't think of the elementary school. Um, it's about 15 minutes from Ithaca. Uh, so we do a skills comp, bring the kids in and we go there to read during the fall. Um, and then like a year end field trip for them, they come and we, they watch us do like a skills comp. So uh, we usually get like, you know, Nate McDonald, I think was the fastest skater and Oh, I thing. So it was kind of a little, uh, little joke. We had the women's hockey players out there too. So oh, that's pretty uh, a cool. But yeah, yeah, I was in, I was in net for that one, and I'll I'll say I'll get got more respect for goalies after that. The, uh, nice, nice. The puck in the elbow, it hurts. And and now I I, I guess to follow that up,
2: uh, God forbid, you know, you you lost both, uh, you lost all three. You lost Maddie G. You lost Austin. And yeah. You lost uh, Nick McDonald. Who are you going with the e bug? Who's the e book
3: from what, what, what team? Which team are you going
2: 1920, preferably. Your,
3: your, uh, your or your junior, I have a uh, sneaky suspicion that Betsy would be good. We, we've
2: heard that. Yeah, we, I think we've that. heard that.
3: And we had not gotten that.
2: I mean, I mean, Betsy also did come on here and say he'd trust himself to do it. So I'm like, <laughs> hey, he was a little.
3: Man. Oh, if he's got confidence, I'll go. He with was that. sure of himself. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's, you know, hey, that's, well, if he can be the Dave Ayers and pull off the miracle like that, you know, that's pretty cool
3: yeah yeah so we'll go with him
0: now we talked earlier about your physical style one could say and we have to take advantage of this that you know this piece of news that we got i mean in case in case you're living under a rock uh will smith did smack chris I, I, rock at the you didn't Academy say Award. no pun
2: intended after you said that
0: oh yeah that was a missed opportunity oh yeah. well another day then hopefully we get to talk about chris rock again or maybe i'll, <laughs> I'll do you one better alex I could say Will Smith rocked Chris Rock. How about that? Yes. One? Yeah, that's fair. Right. That's right. All right. I saw that got a smirk on on um, Tristan's face. So thank you for that. <laughs> now, if these two were to take out their frustrations, not at the Academy Awards, but on the yeah. ice, who you got winning? I think Will Smith. Ooh.
3: He looks yeah. like a bit stronger. I don't I think Chris Rock could maybe. I think he'd have to disarm yeah. him with his comedy. But I guess yeah. that wasn't yeah. working, though.
2: Yeah, he's got that he's got that uh you see Will Smith, he was in I Am Legend, so he's got that aura of like that,
3: <laughs> that whole,
2: you know, he he's he's kind of the more badass guy comparable to uh,
3: uh Chris Rock.
2: I, I I'm not saying I don't like Chris Rock, but like hey, uh,
3: yeah, I think you got to go with Will Smith. Obviously, he's got a switch there. It seems like so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think you got to pick Will. Yeah, you you're right. You're right. And uh, I mean I'm pretty sure Will's taller than Chris Rock, right? Seemed like it at the, Academy Awards. Yeah. <laughs> and again, this is the slap shot round. It doesn't have to pertain strictly to hockey pop culture too. So now we know. Yeah. hundred
3: percent. Yeah. I, I think Will Smith would take him for sure. And I mean, one of the things that we, uh, was, was in the news
2: recently is that, uh, Baron and Malat are together, uh, in man in manitoba so you know how how does that have, to, have, have you been in contact with them recently have they sent you pictures from yeah
3: the uh, they facetimed me a couple days ago they were on the road uh, they were rooming together so they sent me a facetime i was i was dying oh nice i'm a little jealous yeah a couple a couple old roommates together so that's nice for them um jay and i'll take good care of i'm sure in the city i'm sure uh, yeah and then i'll be i'll be home in probably a month and a month and a half here it looks like where we might be out of the playoffs, so um, yeah, I'll probably have to pop in and visit them too. It's kind of nice. Yeah, I never imagined that I'd have three Cornell guys in uh, in Manitoba.
2: Yeah, it, it's it, it's truly amazing, you know, to see now how many uh, Cornell players or former alumni are now you know playing professionally. So you guys all have some sort of intersection with one another.
3: Yeah, yeah, it'll be cool. I think JML was talking about maybe even spending the summer in Winnipeg, and I was uh, might be seeing him a lot this summer. So that will be cool.
0: Yeah.
1: No, that'd be awesome.
0: Now, how, how likely are the chances that there would we just, we just have to yank the chain here. How likely are the chances that maybe, maybe all three of you could be reunited? (laughs) That'd be kind of cool. Uh, I don't know. I guess uh, I
3: went to Winnipeg's camp a couple of years ago, but I don't, I don't know what the, you never know what'll happen. It would be cool to play with them again. They were great teammates, and that. Yeah. So, who knows whether it be in Mattover or somewhere else. But
0: yeah, it would be cool yeah. to get after the guys. You really never know. Yeah, maybe we'll get them to Cleveland. And I'm being told by my producer that maybe you could hang somewhere near Portage and Maine. <laughs> yeah, I could actually. That's right. <laughs> right downtown. Nice.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and, and and I guess to follow it up with, you know, being from Cartwright, did you ever uh, make the trip a few minutes south into Cody's homeland ever to go visit him?
3: I hear he was I big have, into, uh, yeah, into was bass skated.
2: fishing when he was there.
3: Yeah. We skated a couple times. times. Uh, oh, nice. Sophomore summer together in Fargo. Oh,
2: wow.
3: Uh, a couple hours down the road actually. So yeah, I've been there a bunch of times. So yeah. Nice. yeah. Now, uh, uh, okay. Now I actually
2: have a, an interesting take on this, uh, but I want to get your opinion on this as well. You know, because you being from Manitoba, Central Canada, yeah. who, who do you think on, on the team, you know, during your years, had the most stereotypical Canadian accent?
3: Maybe Betsy? <laughs> Betsy, of, okay. I'm trying to think of who else. I got it a lot. I, I have a bad one, I think. I, Okay. I, My – I have a – I would like become accustomed to it a bit, but I think like I would always uh, like about and that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I I, I sort of get it
2: there. Yeah. 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 I I knew. um, Well, you've got one, but I I, I swear I think uh, uh, Steiny and then okay, you're going to laugh at this, but Cody, Cody Haskin is not from Canada, but like I still think that he (laughs) has the like what, what. Americans would associate with is like the the most stereotypical Canadian accent even though he has nothing to do with Canada.
3: I mean, yeah, I could see that one I would I would argue that like he might he might as well be from Canada because like yeah even at Cornell when like people would ask me where I'm from, I'd say like I would never say Car Manitoba because they don't even know where Manitoba is. So there'd be times where I'd be like, really I'm from I would tell people sometimes'd i be like I'm from North Dakota and they would yeah, I got oh, so okay. people would go, where is that? What what? Yeah, I got to let a lot. People God. Yeah.
0: Man. we need well, to start I,
2: teaching uh, American geography. That's Yeah. This, yeah is, that's,
0: this is not a good look. <laughs> Dude. This is that's not a not good, good look, look at all.
3: <laughs> I I would say Cody's kind of honorary Canadian. And and he played in Manitoba for a year so.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And now uh so I'm sure you heard about what happened during the Winter Classic, you know, the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues playing in, like, negative seven-degree weather. Is yeah. that, like, okay, you know, being from Manitoba, is that, like, what What would you consider cold?
3: Like, does um, Ithaca
2: bother you at all? No. Uh,
3: we would cancel school in Manitoba at minus 45 with a windshield. Jeez. So, yeah. Oh, I mean. I feel like once you get to like that minus 15, it just all feels the same. It's kind of, you yeah. know, but uh, yeah, I guess minus 45 was a cutoff point for school. So we'll say that. Oh, that
2: that's bone chilling, man. Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: A couple of those.
0: Yeah. can can definitely cannot relate. I mean, I'm barely surviving here in regular 20 degree Fahrenheit weather in Ithaca. Yeah. So however, today was kind of chilly, right, Alex? I'm, I'm not alone on that. I'm not alone. Well, the, on that. the wind chill was nuts. Wind yeah. chill always
2: gets well, you. Okay. It's, I'm not, just... it's, not, it's not the ambient temperature, it's the wind chill that always gets you.
3: I'll say uh, we talked about this with some of the guys on our team this year with like Manitoba when you get there and like the it's bright though still, so it kind of makes it feel a bit warmer. Like it's not like dark, it's minus okay. No, right? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That, that that
2: that that's fair.
0: That's fair. Yeah. Now, par- speaking of Ithaca, by the way, apparently on your recruiting visit <laughs> you made a stop at the boatyard grill how oh. was the dessert there <laughs> uh, i don't think i ever ended up actually uh,
3: getting one but uh, it was I, I i knew this question was gonna come up Chocolate <laughs> cake for two eh? yeah
0: well, i mean <laughs> yeah yeah we, we have, um. we've gotten news uh that you know we heard you destroyed a chocolate cake for two but you know i'm sure it was pretty good I
3: misread the thing. I thought it meant like double chocolate, but that's just completely on me. That's a, that's just an airhead moment. <laughs> hey man,
0: I can't. I can't blame you on that. I, no, no one can blame you. I just now, didn't
3: think they were gonna notice. I thought they'd let it slide.
2: Is 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 that your go-to like post-game dessert? Are you always getting a piece of chocolate cake?
3: No, you know I'm not as big of a chocolate cake guy. I think. If you ever bring Yanni called us onto the show, um, he's a big dessert guy. He would his routine after his games or before games was, I think, at least three chocolate chip cookies uh, mm-hmm. at the pregame meal. So oh. if you ever bring him on? That's probably got to be a question.
2: Yeah, because 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 Steiny's got the thing for cookies. So we you know we, were, we yeah. were wondering you know do different players have different you know tastes and whatnot? That's that's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Now now was it. Was it destroying the chocolate cake for two that turned you off of cake as, as a, as a pregame meal or or like, is that what happened?
3: Um, yeah, it must've been. I got too much plaque for that one. I just had to. to Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I never lived that (laughs) one down. Benny's still telling that
0: story at uh, recruiting visits. (laughs) That's still a classic story though, in regards to (laughs) double chocolate. for two. I mean, you can't
3: go wrong with the boatyard. Uh, they get the appetizers going. That's just a great, that's a great recruiting visit one.
0: Well, I mean, now, now we know, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you will have to try it out.
0: Now, you know, just, you know, just a bit of, just a bit of an observation, I suppose. But did you take a shot to the jibs recently? Uh, I've,
3: I've had a tough go this year. Uh, um, that was September. It's actually on YouTube if you can find it. Ah. Oh, all roommate. right. It's my all roommate. Right. It's called, uh, I think, Jake. if you just look up Jake at Traverse City, you'll find the video pretty quick. It's, he scores oh, right. right after, so the video is him scoring. But I got tripped, and then I, like, pushed the puck away, and the guy went to poke check, like, Oof. puck, and he just oh. me in the mouth. Um, two weeks ago, I got a puck in the mouth off a draw. It, like, the puck, like, got on its edge, and the both of center were trying to win it back, and then it just came right up and hit me in the mouth as the winger. Nice. Something, something you don't see much, but. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm just about to say. <laughs> Actually, if I guess sacrifice of the sport, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. unfortunately, I, the uh, the second one kind of made the other one lose. So I might be, I might be down two jibs here.
1: Uh, yeah,
3: <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I mean, and, and, and I was gonna ask, you know, that that's
2: kind of like, you know, is it one of those you should see the other guy moments, or you know, do 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 times like that make you miss the, the cage? You know, as as overbearing, sometimes the cage can be. Does that make you miss the cage?
3: Yeah, there's definitely times, especially when like, yeah, 100% going to the net for chip and pucks, and you're kind of like, you know, in games, you never know what what'll pop up there. So yeah, um, even in like practices, when you're in the corner, kind of you like have guys that maybe they hit the pad and just like nicks off the pad and goes, it's stuff yeah. like that. But you get used to it pretty quick again.
2: Yeah, it's like that. Well, because well, I when we had Greener on last week, we were talking with him about you know him being a defenseman and all. I'm like, well, dude, you know you're taking slap shots to the face, you know, and you know you, you only have a visor. Like you, you see those horror stories of the guy takes the puck to the face, you know, wipes the blood off his face and stuff. But,
3: mm-hmm. oh. Yeah, I don't know how guys do it with no visor. That would there's no way I would. Yeah, Reeves, God,
2: can't even imagine being him.
3: I being a D man, yeah, I couldn't. That's next level, but I guess some guys, some
0: guys don't mind it. No, of Now, speaking of uniforms, this has sort of been, one could say, a running gag here as of recent. But do you believe Cornell should adopt a third jersey or an uh, alternate jersey? I think so. I think they have some potential for some really good
3: ones. We talked about it. And I remember we talked about it with uh, Schmidt, the equipment manager, a couple of times. Just like ideas because if you look if you go on that wall Mm -hmm. that like along by the dressing rooms there's some really cool like old jerseys where i think they could do like a like a red with a actually we kind of did like an alternate like that a couple years ago where it was like red with like a white stripe through the middle kind of like a montreal jersey almost yeah 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 even like i'd like i'd love to see like
0: a bear logo one, like oh yeah that yeah i totally agree with that now is there a color aside from that stripe you just mentioned, is there a color you'd choose like maybe all black or something else uh, it's got to be
3: red or white I think
0: okay yeah, I think you
3: gotta, people are too close with the thecla like you know the tradition of Cornell. I feel like you can manipulate it too much, but I, I'd like to see a little bit of a you know something something thrown in there yeah really
2: cool. yeah, and, and I mean to a certain extent, I feel like it's kind of hit or miss with these you know retro fits sometimes. I mean we saw uh everything college hockey posted recently about BU and their their retro jerseys. I thought they looked terrible, but that's just yeah. my opinion. Uh right. but like I, I think if Cornell you know put their mind to it, I think they come up with something pretty
3: cool. Yeah I do. I think the bear logo would be cool with like a red I think it would have to be red the alternate Oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. yeah. I want I want to follow that up with the fact that I'm usually made fun of for this idea, although I think it's been appreciated a very few times. So let me ask you about your opinion. Yeah. What if this third jersey or alternate jersey? What if it was red and white striped, kind of like God, how what, Darth, what Dartmouth has? Oh. I'm always made fun of for this. I'm always made fun of for this. But you know, I'm I'm going for the flashy. What if it's striped, red and white, kind of like a candy cane?
3: I think there's ones in the past that actually had that design. I think if you look at the wall, I I, I remember seeing those. I I don't know if I'm a fan of that one, but. Yeah I think they could incorporate some stripes that might be some interesting
0: it seems to be the common denominator there apparently I'm I'm the odd one out when it comes to that though I think it'd be a great idea around like the christmas season you know november december and then yeah. maybe you could raffle it off you know
3: yeah true i'm sure they could find a way to do something with it
0: exactly it could be a good cause
3: and yeah. and now i guess to follow that up We've been told that you're you're
2: quite the gamer. So you know what's your what's your go-to game? You know, if you're bored, you know you're in COVID protocol or whatnot. You know, what's what are you going to?
3: Right now, our teams uh, we got a group of four or five guys. We're playing Warzone a lot.
2: Um, Ooh, okay.
3: Yeah, nice. I'm a bit of a troublemaker on that. When I get my RPG out, and I am a bit of a camper. So.
2: Oh, okay, but, yeah. but 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 that's always the that's always the best part is you get to camp and then
3: irritate everybody else. Yeah, I've been an agitator online, so yeah. We'll <laughs> yeah.
2: I've been a, trip, to... a tripper on ice and online, too. Yeah, I've been known, known to play a
3: lot of NHL, too. So Nice. Nice.
2: What's your uh? What's, what's go-to year for Chell? Is that, like, do you have a favorite year or do you just go? Uh,
3: I keep it up to date. I still play 22 now, but uh, I think all-time. My favorite game was probably, like, 14 or something. Wow. Right. I, I remember yeah. a long time I used to, like, really create plays, and I was all over that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and who? Well, okay. I guess during your time at the Big Red, who you know, who was the the worst gamer on the team that thought he was the best?
3: Uh, Cody Hayes. Uh,
2: and and well, okay, now I have to ask why.
3: Uh, I have video, I have videos of him losing on Fortnite and just losing his mind, like, <laughs> like- man, <laughs> man, he does oh my not. Gosh.
2: Oh God, I can't even imagine that. That's a oh dang. Was it at least like it was just a full-on rage quit? My, my, my bad. Uh,
3: yeah, I think the video I have it was freshman year, so it was when Fortnite first came out, and he uh, oh, you guys man. in the storm, and there's a
0: there's a couple f bombs and a, a little bit of a march away from the TV. Nice, <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, I mean, nice. some people call that an elite mindset. So depends how you want to see it.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. I could call a couple guys on that though. Yanni was always, Yanni wasn't great at uh, the old video games either.
2: Yeah. Now, now, who was objectively the best,
3: like you think? Um, at Call of Duty, I think maybe JML.
2: Okay. okay.
3: Yeah, it might be JML. Grams, I think, was pretty good too. Yeah.
2: We heard that uh, we'd we heard that Steiny was a big uh, Xbox guy, particularly with with COD. But I don't know if he was any good. He never really confirmed or denied that. He just kind of like saying um, he was big into COD.
3: I actually played him in Chill on his official visit. He came down when he was with St. Andrews. Oh, and nice! He came to our townhouse. I uh, I waxed him on NHL. Sent him back. Oh, nice! Surprised he committed after that one, but yeah, yeah, he
2: came back. Yeah, yeah I came I guess, back we ended he didn't up playing. Stay away.
3: You took the last game, so we'll let that
0: one slide.
1: Nice,
2: nice.
0: Now, we also want to just change the topic a bit because we have gotten word from a certain source that you have some fantastic behind the scenes stories. Now, was there is there a particular, let's say, locker room story that has just stuck with you? Maybe it was just really funny, you name it.
3: Uh, on the top of my head, I've, I definitely have some funny stories around the rink, but uh, mm, I got to think on this one. At the rink. It?
1: It's okay. You can take your time, man. You know?
3: I got to think. One that comes to my head, this isn't even uh, I'm trying to think of one that I'm involved with. In. At the rink. Oh, I'm drawing blanks right now. I'd probably, if you give me a half an hour, I could probably come back to him. Oh, yeah. and no, no, no,
2: no, no, that's okay. We'll give yeah, you that's fine. Time.
3: Yeah, right. that's it. And, oh, yeah. I,
2: I I meant to bring this up, you know, what? what while you think about that. Do mm-hmm. you have a, like, wacky skill or, like, life hack that you just do outside of hockey that you're really good at? Because I, I know we've gotten, like, different players who have, you know,
3: really, really,
2: like, weird and wacky stuff that they're just randomly
1: good at.
3: Um I don't think so. I'd
0: have the to... random skill. Uh... like just as an example, like we heard that well Locke actually told us that he's been picking up darts and apparently that he's pretty decent.
3: Yeah, at yeah, like like what I believe that um ooh, my random skill. I've been trying to uh burn out a juggle. That's not going Oh, well. juggling. Yeah. Yeah. My coach was getting me on that <laughs> when I was hurt. Um, I don't think I have any weird skills that. Uh, hmm. That's a good question.
1: Well, Hey, I'm juggling.
2: I mean, I, I mean, juggling is an acquired skill.
3: That's I'm not like... good it, though. I wish I could tell you that it was a skill. <laughs> yeah, um, nice. I mean, it takes time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um I mean, I guess video games would be my kind of hidden skill like we t- touched on, but um, Yeah. I I yeah, I had I had some uh, I'm trying to think of these. There uh oh, I I think I'm drawing blanks on this one too. No, 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 it's all right. It's no, all
1: don't right.
3: Worry, about, no, no don't worry about it, don't worry
2: about it. I remember wait, 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 okay.
3: So off, off the record, I could tell you a talent, but I, like, I don't know if the, you want
2: to.
3: Understand
2: <laughs> oh, okay. That's totally fair. Understandable. Yeah. Uh, but I remember something uh, we had seen on Twitter because I, I just happened to see this and, you know, and Chicklets does a lot with like UCHL and AHL stuff. But did you guys at one point have five guys in the box? That was last night. Yeah, we did. Oh, well,
3: that was last night. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we had a, uh, the game was just getting chippy in like the second period and the ref just said if there's a scrum, we we're just oh, going to give everyone 10s and then there's a scrum and oh, everyone. Oh, that's nice. Uh, it that's wasn't that good. nice though because we had like eight forwards, so we were just, for the next 15 minutes, just rolling eight forwards.
2: Yeah, yeah, that is certainly called a gong show. My <laughs> oh, God, yeah, that, that's crazy.
3: That was the only thing we've had this year, close yep. to
2: 100. Have you, uh, have you ever had a game where you've, like, what, uh, have you been thrown out of a game yet this year?
3: Uh, Yeah, against Hershey. I got an instigator and a fighting. I got It was like 5-1. It was just kind of.
2: Wait, did they like uh, – wait. So, do you get like an automatic misconduct or is it like NHL where you just get five minutes?
3: Uh, I got a 2-5 and a 10. Oh, so, oh. Yeah. You take those penalty minutes where you can get Dang. them right. Okay. Yeah. No. All
1: right. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, I mean,
2: it was Hershey. I don't blame you.
3: <laughs> it was it was three or four one at the time it was yeah yeah no, gotta no, no. get on the score sheet that's right cool. that's
2: cool and yeah. now uh so what because we've asked quite a few people this question um what do, do you think is your favorite type of canadian food and now i know benny sire could go on for hours about this stuff but I, I you know just like right off the bat what do you think is your favorite type of canadian
3: food uh right off the bat i gotta say poutine that's got to be a generic answer. Oh, Actually, okay.
0: I'm not sure if we've had anyone else. Have we had someone say that before? Well, I, I, I just remember uh, Benny bringing
2: up the fact that he liked it. I don't remember yeah. if he said it was his favorite.
0: No, like, his yeah. thing was butter tarts. That's yeah. yeah. At least oh, that's yeah, that. Now you I associate butter shut up tarts with about
2: that stuff.
3: Oh my god! <laughs> I honestly, I would have just thought that that was in the states. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe a couple candies that aren't in the states that are different
0: i'm trying to think of those yeah um well i mean i have tried i believe it's like called those arrow bars or something like that like oh, yeah. aero something yeah. like that yeah. so yeah. i mean it's pretty good from my memory it's pretty good i can confirm about that yeah i'd, I'd
3: gotta go with poutine on that one all
0: right nice. now, actually speaking about food no. Would you rather live without hot sauce or ketchup for the rest of your life? Uh, ketchup. You'd rather live without ketchup? Yeah, I'm actually kind of a big hot sauce guy.
2: Okay. Yeah. Do you have a specific type of hot sauce that you're always, like, go to, goes on everything?
3: Um, Just, like, Frank's Red Hot Sauce, yeah. 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 Go
2: Frank's Red Hot. Oh, yeah, classic stuff.
3: Yeah. You know, I struggle with hot sauce, so I get the sweats going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can ask Cody. He's got some pictures on that one.
2: (laughs) And now, uh, I guess to switch gears a little bit, who had the best sellies on the 2019-2020 roster? I mean, I I, I, like full disclosure. We have it as a tie between you, Berard, Malat, and perhaps Donnie. What about you?
3: Um, Those are all good. Those are all good answers, actually, Berard berard has got some good ones. Miles was just always – he always knew where the camera was. He's great at uh, the celly. And then Donnie just always had that little swagger after he scored. Um, I might go with Berard. I like Burrard's cellies.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. The one thing that the ECAC is lacking uh, a, a lot nowadays, and I think that's what makes Cornell unique, is we're very unique with our cellies. Like, yeah. you see, when we get scored on, it's always like the classic, oh, they do the bow and arrow or whatever the hell that thing is, where they <laughs> just, you know, do the hand drag. Yeah. I, I
3: don't really think that's very inventive, but I
2: think our, our guys come up with some really cool stuff.
3: Yeah. We've got the fans. You can go celebrate with the fans. You just, oh, yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. You you yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So, yeah. I'm sure. I think Bernard's Berard, got the best sellies. Now, speaking about uh, teammates, I suppose what, what was something you would always cook for yourself living on your own in college? Uh, the night before a game, I actually would
3: do salmon, sweet potatoes, and what do we have? Asparagus? I'd always have Steinie and Mitchie down. Uh, Ooh, last, okay. The three of us would have a meal together.
2: Dang, you should have said cooking was your was your wacky skill there, man. That's that that's yeah. certainly hundred percent. Right.
3: Yeah, I mean I know I'm a decent cook, but I don't know if that you know, I took some heat from uh, James Allen Barron. They were always cooking on the second floor, so. Oh. We were about who the best cook was.
2: Oh, you, you took the words right out of our mouth there. You know, we, we were just going to ask, like, you know, what, like, you know, objectively, like, I'm not talking <laughs> about like people who inflate their own cooking, but like from an objective standpoint, who was the best cook?
3: Uh, I know the fire alarms went off a couple times on the second floor. Um, ah, ooh. I had a cooking mitt maybe catch on fire too, but um, I think I was a better cook of those of the three.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just maybe a catching on fire. <laughs> Neither confirmed nor denied. It was just yeah, perhaps, yeah, yeah. Yeah. perhaps.
3: I got it outside before any any real issue. <laughs> oh,
2: no, no, that's fair. That's fair.
0: Yeah, responsible thing to do. Yeah, see, responsible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's
2: it's it's only about who's standing there with the smoking thing when the fire department shows up. So like you know, that, <laughs> exactly. that's what counts. Exactly. There. Exactly. Um, and I I guess uh, I'll, I'll segue that. You know, if you could lay. One more good hit on a player from any ECAC team. Who who are you, you know, laying that last hit on?
3: Uh, probably someone on Harvard. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't know who's specifically on Harvard, but uh, the fans always love the yeah. against Harvard. So, um, yeah. I think Dornbach. Yeah. Or yeah. Any
2: of those guys. Yeah.
3: I oh. well, the, Again, their whole, their whole team is so much different now. So, yeah. Let's say, Yeah. But, I uh, got a roughing penalty with the Harvard guy actually on Friday, so.
2: Oh, you did? <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> wait, 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 can we ask who? Uh, Bowlby. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. What's, what's interesting, and, and, and I've always wanted to know this, uh, I, I was listening to uh, Pucks in Deep the other day, and they had Casey Dornbach on from Harvard, and he's yeah. saying, they're like, oh, you know, what's your where's your favorite place to play? He's like, line a rink. And they're all like, Why? He's like, dude, that's passion, baby. Like, yeah, we throw they throw fish at us and stuff. Like, yeah. who wouldn't want to play there? Like, yeah, that's what really... everyone says. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone loves playing Atlanta, so
1: no, of course.
2: And and, and I guess, um, well, what's your what's your favorite um, what's your
3: favorite chant or like you know thing that we do? Uh, Start of third period. I don't know which one that is, but I love that one with
0: the fans are going like the. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Gary yeah.
3: Moore, yeah.
0: I love yeah. that one. Yeah, that seems to be a fan favorite amongst everyone. Yeah, it
3: just like you're coming out on the ice and then like getting ready to go and that like the uh, yeah, the four one at the start of the first period too, when they start saying, like, we're gonna lay a beat down. That one, I like that one too.
0: They're all so catchy.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I saw a little bit of those moves Tristan, you know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you could do a little bit of a dance for our TikToks. I'm just, you know, plugging it in there. I've got to plug yeah. it in there. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the TikToks, not TikToks, not
1: they, yeah. the,
2: the TikToks <laughs> they've done this year are absolutely hilarious. Oh, him? I've seen those. Polinski yeah. I mean, showing off his dance moves and stuff. Oh.
3: <laughs> yeah, Nate and him. I saw that. Pretty good. Oh, yeah, Nate.
2: Nothing will ever compare to, to Nate's uh, senior lap. He did some dancing at the end of the did he? himself in the crowd. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, he hit the what gritty actually.
2: Yeah, hit, hit the gritty. Yeah, that that's what he
0: did. All <laughs> oh, on skates. It looked really smooth. I I cannot lie with you. It looked super smooth.
3: Yeah. I wish I'd seen more video of this. That could have been on Spitting Yeah.
2: No. I I 100% out of anybody. I, now, who do you uh, okay. And, and this is going to be a slightly uh, uh, different question, but like based off of that, who do you think out of all your teammates, is most likely to go viral on TikTok,
3: like just for the randomest reason. Uh, my junior year, I think the sophomores were trying to. Uh, Brams, Nate, Mots, and Leahy. There, they were all trying to get their TikTok going. Um, JML would be an easy one. He just went viral a couple of weeks ago with that goal. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's
2: a Sally. Oh. I think oh, Nader,
3: Nader Mots could be too. They're pretty funny.
2: Yeah, that. Mm. Yeah, I. I mean, well, honestly. Yeah, that's fair, considering how Jeff did go viral. Yeah, that's. A, that I mean, hey, you know, he's a Cornelian. I would expect only the best sellies from
3: Jeff Malott. Yeah. There. He's uh He was. I saw a little uh, Matt over did a tweet with him the other day about mm. some advertising yeah. for his games. That was a pretty good one too. Yeah. Well, he's got a bit of an acting background.
2: Yeah, and now I, I guess okay. Uh. it's been a while since we've asked this, but who do you think on the team, uh, you know, during your years here, who do you think could fist fight a grizzly bear and
1: win? (laughs) Uh,
3: uh, um, I mean, Morgz was was a big – Dwyer was huge. Dwyer was like 6'5". Yeah, yeah. Wire. wire or morgues. Yeah. Yeah. So so
2: uh, so are you saying in order to win a fight against a grizzly bear you just have to be a tall guy or do you have to have like
3: I, I think it would help. I actually might yeah. go with Fiegel. Fiegel was a little bit of an outdoorsman, so oh, yeah. yeah. I'm with Jared Fiegel. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, he'd find a way.
0: No, we've we've also asked this question to our let's say. Canadian compatriots, our comrades, right? We're we ourselves, we're American, right? We're yeah. from the tri-state area. We have to ask you, what stereotype as a Canadian bothers you the most?
3: Um, I don't think I get bothered by none of them are two, really. Everyone's just like, oh, he plays hockey or whatever. And like, <laughs> I I do that is that is fact. Uh, maybe the A. Oh,
1: like,
3: I don't okay. say. But, like, Americans will say the same thing, but they'll say, hey, at the end. They'll be like, you know. We do? Yeah. I always, people will be like, uh, they'll say something and be like, hey, like, they'll end with hey instead of like, hey. Oh. Man, huh. I
2: never noticed that.
3: They'll be that... like, they'll just be like, weather's great, hey. Oh. Right? Like, like,
0: Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're, yeah. you're kind of right there. You actually do Yeah, have a you're point actually there. kind of right there. Oh, you do have a point there.
2: You yeah. know? Now, now, okay, so we've had a lot of debate over this, So, and we've had different answers from different people. But uh, the, the question I just asked you about, who would fist fight the grizzly bear? We've had some picks for Ben Tupker. So, <laughs> uh, you know, if you had to pit the two of them, which one was the better Tupker, in your opinion, for that scenario?
3: Between uh, Ben. It ben,
2: okay. Yeah. He was also – uh, ben was also voted pretty much unanimously as the guy who could who could bench the most. Is it? Can you confirm or no?
3: I heard after COVID he got he got into the bench press pretty good. So I've heard I've heard good things about his bench press these days. Ah, uh, um, I believe it. He he's gotten a lot bigger. He's definitely you know, call just filled him out. He's been hitting the yeah, gym hard. Right? Be- so yeah, yeah, he looks looks pretty uh, ripped. So he, he might. I think he did win the uh, bench press this year. Wow. Oh, so, so do you
2: guys actually have like competitions for like training and stuff?
3: Yeah. Like, so just to
2: kind of boost morale and stuff?
3: To get on the wall, they take like the top three performers for the fitness testing. So that's a big, nice. big deal. Um, so they just accumulate all the, you want like the, if you finish first in bench press, like you want the lowest score between all your yeah. all the testing. Um, so yeah, they take the top three performers and get on the wall.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And now, during your career with the Big Red, I I know we've heard the story about the hammer and who receives the hammer after the game. How many hammers did you accumulate over your career?
3: Probably the 10 to 15 range, I think. My freshman year was – Double digits, okay. Yeah, that's Uh, the mark of the – My freshman year, I was kind of in and out of the lineup a bit. So, like, kind of the one way to stay in the lineup was to be physical.
2: Ah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. So, he kind of forgot about uh, – forgot about puck at times. Um, but, yeah, won that a few times for sure freshman year. But uh, that was kind of the role on the team, just bring energy or do something. So no, Of course. Just, just um, do something. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you see a hit there, you got to make it, right?
0: hmm So. i now – Go ahead, Alex.
2: Actually, never mind, Sean. You can
0: go ahead. All right. I mean, I was just about to say, you know, we're speaking of – I suppose – Bigfoot hockey tradition and I kind of just want to lean over what what sort of scenario situation do you prefer do you prefer scoring in MSG as we have talked about earlier or do you prefer scoring in Lina?
2: oh that seems like a loaded
0: question
3: uh, I, th- I think like Lina, to be honest uh, that probably sounds weird but I just like it's, it's, it's just a cool rink and like the fans are more on top of you. I think MSG, it feels more of like a, you know, there is the school pride than that. You have yeah. the two fans there, but it just seems a little bit more like, you know, doesn't quite feel like home in that sense. Where I feel like Lina, it's like you got, you know, your friend, your friends are there, professors, the line of faithful, all that. It just feels great to score in front of Lina.
0: So it just basically feels more immediately, let's say, supportive, right? Is that what you're saying? But, with yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wow, man, over over MSG. That's how you know. Corn- yeah, that's how you know Cornell's a big piece of your heart, man. That's how you yeah. know. Yeah, for
3: sure.
2: Now, now, what what is your like? What was your least favorite team to play against when you were you know with the Big Red? Like, what was one game that you always looked forward to because it was just so you had such a like itching to say, "Oh, I, I just hate these guys and we want to beat them."
3: Uh, I think Clarkson, especially with how sophomore year went, losing to them. Yeah. I think coming into like junior year, that was a big one. And then, yeah, I th- I'd say Clarkson. Obviously, Harvard's kind of an easy one to say mm-hmm. because of the rivalry. But I think Clarkson for the three years I was there was like the Casey's. Obviously, a former Cornell guy. Yeah, He's yeah. coaching there now, and he wants to beat us. And shave yeah. wants to be his former assistant. So, um, yeah. I think that brings the stakes a little bit.
2: I I was laughing so hard about that the other day is because I, I didn't realize Casey Jones actually played for Cornell and coached at Cornell for quite a long time. And I remember one of the guys who helped us out I was like, man, we basically are the ECAC. You look at like, you know, all the guys that have gone like to Cornell, coached at Cornell and then went to coach somewhere else or did something. Like, yeah, you know, even even yeah. Benny Sire, you know, coming from Quinnipiac and now now coming here, and it's crazy.
3: Well, Brecky's, Co- Brecky's coaching St. Lawrence now.
2: Oh, my God, no way. Yeah, that's, so there's
3: that. three coaches for sure. Jeez. Yeah, yeah that's that's
1: something. I
3: don't know.
2: It's All, all we need is somebody to be, become the assistant coach at Harvard, you know, when, when Ted Donato passes away or when he <laughs> bequeaths it to, like, Ryan or whichever one of his sons want to coach Harvard again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they, they, yeah, they just gotta get somebody, you know, just to say, oh, that way we could say get like eighty percent of the ECA seed has played for Cornell or came to Cornell. It'd be, yeah,
3: it'd be crazy. Yeah, That's it's, crazy yeah, because Clarkson plays the exact same way as us too. Almost they really kind of bring that Cornell style a bit.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
3: So those yeah. Are always- and and,
2: yeah. and I thought specifically, you know, with regards to the fans, I think. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't. I would never say that we're equal in energy, but I think you know, out of all the fan bases that can really bring it, it yeah. they would be one of them. And you know, it was it was very interesting to see, especially this year, because when we had when we hosted Clarkson, there were quite a few Clarkson fans
3: at Lina, which was very interesting. Yeah, they have good fans for sure. Got to get them yeah. Some there. Yeah, absolutely. If we met in Quinnipiac, I'd say. Yeah, QPAC's ranks just a bit bigger, and it doesn't quite feel as, uh, you know. No, no, it
2: doesn't have the rustic feeling. Like, yeah. there's something about...
3: Yeah, yeah. QPAC's funny when they're fans. They have this couple fans from the student section that, like, dress up as Teletubbies. Yes. And then they mimic our off-ice warm-up, which is really funny. Yeah,
2: I I, I, I remember that. I was uh, I was in hand this year uh, for the Quinnipiac game, and I was the only one... There in a in a Cornell jersey until like the last second, and then you know a couple other people <laughs> showed up. So I was kind of hanging out with the team because I had to. There was nobody else. Yeah. I, I got I got the crap heckled out of me too.
3: Tried to ring the cowbell and everything. Yeah. It was, uh, it was it was brutal. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. I like it when the fans get engaged like that though. So that's nice to
2: see. Yeah. That. No. 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 It's always good to hear. it's always good to see for certain. And I I, I guess I'll I'll follow that up with you know what what's your Favorite rink that you play at that's you know not lineup.
3: Uh Hobie Baker in Princeton. I really like that rank. The dressing room, the dressing rooms aren't great, like maybe you know that part's not the best. But when you get out there, it's such a cool, cool yeah. building. Like your
2: dressing rooms are from the Middle Ages, <laughs> right? Yeah, the <laughs> damn <ranked laughs> the, the the thing. It, it's it's such a beautiful look on the inside, but like it, it's just like at this. It looks like you're in a it, it, in a medieval castle, pretty much. That's all I could compare it to. You're playing hockey in a medieval castle.
3: Yeah. And, and but Le- yeah, I'm sure. yeah. Least favorite had to be Dartmouth, I think. I've oh, yeah. Never had never had much fun up there.
1: No,
2: not not, not much you really like about that though.
3: Yeah. So, and then
2: what is the what was the farthest you guys went to play? You know, hockey. Because like this year we we got to go to play NoDak. We got to play ASU. Uh, yeah.
3: Very interesting
2: uh-huh. series, but wh- where did you guys end up
3: going? Uh, we went to Vegas my junior year. Um, that would have been the farthest one. Uh, my first year we went to Miami, Ohio on a bus. That would have been 10, 12 hours. Michigan State would
0: have been around that too, actually. So those were probably the farthest wow. ones. Now, with that being said, what, what kind of tradition do you prefer? Do you prefer the throwing of the fish against Harvard or the throwing of toothpaste against Colgate? Uh, fish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Hey, you always, we have to make sure, especially because we had a weird uh, sort of situation go on not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago. We talked about it here, how I believe some fan threw toothpaste onto the ice. Right, Alex?
2: Yes. Well, actually, it was the first bench miner that the Big Red had received from the fans being too rowdy. Yeah, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, for the first time. Well, it was because it was Game 2, right before we lost Game 2, because they had so many terrible, terrible penalties. I think people just got, like, so riled up. They threw – well, I I can't remember if this was that exact moment, but – Mitch Benson was skating back to his crease and some some kid through the toothpaste, and hit him in the back of the mask. And he looks and he like kind of wipes it off the back of his mask and like kind of dusts it off. And then that's when the ref came over and they, you know, they, they assessed this a bench minor. We're like, Oh no. No,
3: that's not a good one for the fan.
2: No, 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 no. no. I think they got thrown out. (laughs) Hey, Only happens once it like, I got to say that series was the closest I've ever seen, uh, line of come to to, to rioting but i think you know that was that was brutal
0: yeah (laughs) yeah tough way to end the year but no no uh penultimate question because you told us to come back to you on it in regards to a locker room story oh man if there's one story that always comes to your head like if I mentioned the if I just mentioned or uttered the words locker room story yeah the first one um, hmm. I I do
3: remember the one time. It, I don't know if this is even that like that funny, but Baron was uh right. chewing gum in a video session, and okay. she went up to him and like made a gesture. But he wasn't like, and Baron thought he was asking him to spit his gum out. Right. So, Baron like spat his gum out and then like went to hand him his gum, and Shape was like, "What are you? What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I remember oh, that. No. Um. um the top of my head there's definitely been some something that would have went on um, that one i always remember just because it was barren <laughs> um,
0: that's still pretty funny though i, I, don't, I don't think you can blame him judging yeah. the, the hand motion that <laughs> the coach was giving him
2: yeah yeah i'm sorry if somebody puts your hand in front of your like face like this and you're chewing gum like that brings back like high school trauma there for us like you know yeah. mr so-and-so why are you chewing gum in class like that i i, I can't blame him for that
3: um I'm trying to think there i mean we had a lot of a lot of pranks i don't know what to, how much would be i don't want to expose anyone
2: yeah, i That's mean fair. i mean nate sure had his fair share yeah of, uh,
3: yeah he was good pranks. he was great at pranks um did I? Yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I got anyone with. Um, no, that's okay. Would be? Oh, yeah. You, uh, you, could do it. you could do it. You could say it. You could do it. <laughs> I'm to think of, so We did something to someone's equipment a couple of times. Uh, nothing nothing crazy that can come to the top of my
1: mind.
3: Well, I was always good with pranks, too, but not really at the ring. He was
0: more away from the ring. Yeah, the nice stuff, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I
1: have much
0: you on that one, unfortunately. No, no. No, I, I was just curious, and if you need an idea uh, <laughs> for your current team, maybe a little bit of whipped cream in someone's gloves or, or shaving cream, not whipped cream. Yeah. Shaving cream in someone's... Glosser. Yeah, exactly. Fill the stick with water. Oh, man. <laughs> that's too. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, the closer, the final question, some say the hardest. Do you have any other reflections about your time at the Big Red. You know, shout-outs, thank-yous. The stage is yours.
3: I'll give the shout-out to the seniors when I was a freshman. They kind of taught us what Cornell hockey was all about, Um, the selflessness and just kind of giving it up for your team and all those small things that matter. Um, They were so good at bringing us together and, like, getting us out of the the townhouses Mm -hmm. Um, and just hanging out with the team all the time, whether it was, like, small group dinners that they planned um, just, like, a week everything that they did. They were so good at, like, engaging us and getting us, you know, creating that team environment right away. I think that was something that stuck with me for Cornell. Um, just because especially with, like, when you go through the payment process, I think a lot of people get – you look at, like, the facilities or you look at the schooling, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. tough to tell what the culture of a team is. Um, I think that's Cornell's, like, biggest sell is that the culture is those teams are so close. Like I still talk to, I still FaceTime the guys in my class like once a week. I'm seeing Greener for dinner like uh, eight times a year now for when we're on the road. Um, mm. The culture at Cornell is so, so tight knit that I think that's something when you're younger and going through that process, you don't ever take into
0: account. So that would be my, my message yeah. on Cornell hockey for sure. Uh, yeah. uh, well, you hit the nail right on the head there. Where else can you find not only premium hockey, but you know, creme de la creme sort of academics, right? Yeah, I mean, like, you're going to be,
3: if you're going to college, you're you're with those guys for four years, so you want to make sure you're with a great group of guys. I think, you know, couldn't ask for any any better experience. Of course. And
2: with that, thank you all so much for tuning into this edition of the Slapshot Round here on the Big Red Hockey Cast. Thank you very much, Tristan Mullen, for joining us, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you very much. Always good to hear from our boy, Tristan Mullen, man, Mully, excited to finally have him on here. And of course, we wish him
0: the best in his season with the Cleveland Monsters. Yeah, of course. And Alex, you were talking a little off air about how much of a, of a jokester he is. He, you know, he has a really good sense of humor, like you said. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally,
2: man. I, I honestly, he's, he's been, has one of the best senses of humor out of, out of most of the guys we've covered so far.
0: Yeah, that's pretty fair to say. He's up there. He's up there. Maybe a little bit of a class clown, a bit, but he's uh, certainly a very good speaker. Yeah, and, and again, he was just—he was just a really cool guy to talk with. And you know, excellent timing that we got Alex Green and Tristan Mullen back. Yeah, I, I know
2: that that's such that's such a crazy coincidence. But hey, you know that's, that's what happens.
0: Exactly. And just like our intro, it's going to be a little more short and sweet. But of course. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Big Red Hockey Cast for and from the Line of Faithful. This has been a Big Red Sports Network production. BRSN is a student-run organization dedicated to promoting the voices of Cornell student-athletes. Now make sure to check out at CornellBRSN on Instagram and www.cornellbrsn.com. And of course, shout out to our producers, Michael Farku, Mike Seitz, and Jay Klein. And of course, we'd also like to thank Ben Rudoy, John Ashbrook, Gabby Nevin, and Sophia Prieto, part of our Big Red Hockey Cast family on this side. Well, with that, you all now take care. Ciao, ciao for now.